Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Uh-huh. Like, I've been around the block, ripping up fantasy stock, working around the clock. Look at the view from the top, researching rookies a lot. No, I just be listening to pods. Yeah, one in particular, I'm just a messenger. Let me just pass on the rock. Browning, brunning, bruning, pronouncing ain't what he's doing. What he's doing is not losing, but infusing you with new things. And there's Dennis the Bennett. Yeah. The man is a menace, yeah. Building a dynasty, some of the finest things. Promise you, you won't regret it. Mm. Slice a fox, culture didn't pop. Give him his props. Here is a thought, here is a box. And you cannot compare them at all, so don't even try. Careful with the news, but when you use a take, I take up Tony Fire. I mean dire, because anyone else is a huge mistake. Whoa. Fantasy round table, fantasy, fantasy round table. Yeah. Fantasy round table, come take a look at the crown, baby. Hey. Fantasy round table, fantasy, fantasy round table. Woo. Fantasy round Hello and welcome to another episode of the Fantasy Football Roundtable Podcast. I am broadcasting to you today from the happiest place on earth, which uh, has helped soften the blow uh, for the fact that almost every team I picked in week 10 decided to choke. Uh, Dennis, how was your week 10? You know, I went back through Friday's sheet and kind of did a little red and green update. There's an awful lot of red to go around for all of us, let me tell you. It was a good thing we were putting any money down this week. That's for dang sure. And I was watching a couple of those games. We rode the Pacific Surfliner yesterday in the morning, which is the Amtrak train that goes along the California coast to bring us down to Anaheim. almost threw my phone out the window a couple of times. There was a lot of sadness, and, and that was only partially uh, Denver. You know, Gator... This is uh, an excellent question he asked. How does Hackett and McDaniels have jobs right now in the NFL? I ask myself that question every day. I mean, maybe. I mean, the Raiders were the first to bring back, you know, the retired offensive linemen. So maybe they go <laughs> that route again, you know, Shell and Upshaw, um, you know. I, you know, I think the, the Raiders and the Broncos played – yeah, the Raiders and the Broncos play each other on twenty. It might be the loser, the losing coach has to uh, pack their office. Did you see that story today where Jeff Saturday had to give up control of his fantasy team when he took the Colts job? He had turned it over to Eric Decker. To run oh yeah, because it's probably illegal, right? Yeah. Yeah. Terrible. 
All right. Well, let's dive in. It was a mediocre um, week of NFL games. There were I think we can meet a lot that of standard. Yeah, there were a lot of surprises. One of them, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, finally looked like uh, they might have an offense, uh, r- winning twenty-one to sixteen in Germany uh, over the Seahawks. We'll get to them and their surprising running game in a minute. But Dennis. Marquise Goodwin, we've seen him have a couple of good games, caught another touchdown yesterday. Is he starting to have any flex appeal for you as a third receiver in Seattle? So he played 41 snaps or 79% of the snaps, and he had two targets. So I'm not sure. You know, he's the he's the wide receiver three in Seattle uh, who – doesn't pass the ball a ton. Um, prior to week 10, his high, his participation high was 54% of the snaps. So he only has two games with more than two targets so far this season. I, I think if you're starting Marquise Goodwin, it's as your very last flex, touchdown dependent, Hail Mary, you're going, if I could get six points plus one point for a catch, and 25, 30, 40 yards for a touchdown, yardage for a touchdown, you know, that'll put me at, you know, seven, eight, nine points, or you're going to get a zero. You know, that's the, that's really it. So I know we play in some deep, deep leagues that start two, three wide receivers and have three flex. So, yeah, we're starting him in, in leagues like that. You know, some of these 16-teamers were in, were starting him. But as a general, you know, uh, redraft wide receiver, it, it comes – you know, he's not – I don't think he's one of the top 50, top 70 wide receivers. He's a guy that occasionally is going to do just what he does. His, his speed is there. That's what he's known for. He's fast. And so he can get open – but it's not something that I think with Lockett and Metcalf and Fant and Disley and Walker, he's pretty far, far down the, the priority list. On the flip side, the Buccaneers were so excited to run the ball. They ran it 38 times with three running backs. They even accidentally gave Keyshawn Vaughn a couple of carries. But the one I want to talk about is rookie Rashad White, 22 carries, 105 yards, are you starting to believe he might have a bigger role going forward? Well, there's been rumblings for the last few weeks, and his his playing time has been creeping up. He's a very, very good receiver. And so for him, it was always going to come down to can he keep Brady clean when he's in there? You know, we know Leonard can. He's he's very dynamic. He's he's young, he's got fresh legs. Um, and he I mean, he actually started that game Sunday. So I think that it's we're probably going to end up with some hot hand situation. I don't think they're just going to go away and make Lenny the backup. Um, I think Fournette's still as long as he's healthy, but you know they have reason if Leonard is not healthy, quote unquote, to play White. And White's showing out well. Like I said, he's youthful. He's got some pep in his step. Excellent receiver. So as long as he takes care of the little things, Brady will be comfortable with him. Yeah, and Fournette got a little banged up yesterday, so we shall yeah. see. 
Yeah, that's why Keyshawn Vaughn played. I knew it had to be something. Um, on to what was the game of the day. The Vikings managing a 33-30 to 30 win over Buffalo in overtime. Dennis, what does this win mean to Kirk Cousins and the Vikings? They're now 8-1. and one. I think it means a lot because, you know, most people consider the Bills the number one team in the AFC. Um, and so I don't know how – I don't – I don't think they've dropped from that perch at this point. Minnesota's a good team. They're playing well under O'Connell. Um, I mean, Cousins is QB 12 on the year. Cook is running back 11. Jefferson's wide receiver three. Hawkinson is tight end four. They have weapons. And part of their issue the last few years has been the offensive line, and then the defense fell apart uh, more recently. Well, those things are starting to come back together for him. And if Kirk has time and a clean pocket, he makes good plays. And it's hard to make bad plays when you're throwing the ball to Justin Jefferson. I mean, we saw how good he made Kirk look on that one throw, which may be the best catch ever in NFL history, according to some. Unless you're rooting for the Bills. On the flip side, you know, the, the lead up to the game all week was about whether or not Josh Allen was going to play. He did make the start, ended up going 28 of 43 for 330 yards, carried six times for 84 yards. The portions that I watched, it seemed like his throwing um, had zip on the ball, seemed like he looked pretty good. How are you feeling about him going forward with that elbow issue? I think it's going to, it's definitely something to monitor. On the second interception, it looked like he went and tried to punched the ball out as he was making the tackle. And you could see his, it looked like he kind of landed funny on it and looked like he was in a little bit of pain, but he seemed to shake it off. Um, <clears throat> with Diggs and, and Davis, he's got a great set of weapons. The running backs uh, played really well. Singletary, you know, two touchdowns on 13 carries. Uh, the YPC left a little to be desired, but uh, Overall, the team team played well. It was just a uh, it was a dogfight. Uh, Minnesota came in there and kind of wanted to help it. They wanted to get themselves established, and they played played really really well. Uh, I think uh, unless we hear something over the next couple weeks, I mean, he he completed. He only had fourteen incompletions on forty three passes, so it wasn't like he. Uh, was thinking to join up there just had a couple couple breaks go against him on those interceptions um you know every now and again throw gets away from the best of us so uh, i think he's going to be fine we'll keep an eye on uh, how the elbow goes um and see you know nobody wants to see case keenum try to lead the bills to the super bowl it did make me laugh that second uh, Devin Singletary touchdown, though, because James Cook took it all the way almost into the end zone. They had cut to his family was there because Dalvin was across the field waiting, and then they took him out and put Singletary in, and he punched it over the line. It made me laugh. Well, from the uh, from the highest of highs to the lowest of lows, Tennessee Titans hold serve seventeen to ten over the Denver Broncos. Dennis coming out of the bye, the Broncos said they wanted to get rookie Jalen Virgil going at wide receiver. If by get him going, that meant they targeted him once. Uh, I guess that's that's the way it goes. But he did catch that one pass for a sixty-six yard touchdown. 
He's very fast. The Broncos lacking some weapons. How are you feeling about potential of Jalen Virgil going forward? So I got to be honest. I had to look up and see if he was a tight end. I don't know who the hell Jalen Virgil is. I mean, looks he's like a he's a UFA wide receiver. Is he so, what six two two ten? He's got good he's size. He's pretty big. He's good, pretty fast. Good speed. I mean, he's no Kendall Hinton, that's for sure. Um, but you know, with Judy out and Hamler out, they need they need people to step up and make Russ look good. You know, I, I've got you can see that ninety nine jersey behind me over there. That's that's from my young son. Cole, and one of the things I tell him all the time is, look, as a receiver, your job is to make the quarterback look good. And Russ needs guys to step up and make him look good. And if Jalen Virgil is going to keep pulling stuff like this, then he's going to get playing time. Um, you know, I think still think Hackett's kind of a dumpster fire. But it was nice to see Cortland Sutton get 11 targets. Uh, I don't know what's going on with the running game, though. That's Just dumpster you know. fires all over the field in Denver. Yeah. On the flip side, uh, we've been talking about the lack of interest we have in the Titan passing game. Brian Westbrook-Akini gets five catches, 119 yards, and two touchdowns. Is he sucking you back in? You know, I think Westbrook-Akini is uh, – how shall I put this? He's the wide receiver four of hyphenated wide receivers behind Juju Smith-Schuster uh, Donovan Peoples-Jones, and Marquez Valdez-Scantling. Um, he's played more than 60% of the snaps in eight of nine games, so he's getting on the field. And in games where he's uh, – he had games where he played 65% and 74% of the snaps and received zero targets. Um, yesterday was his first game with more than four targets. So he kind of falls into the same category of who was that first cat we were talking about? Uh, Marquise Goodwin. You know, he's a deep flex play. Maybe he's going to step up and get consistency um, now with Tannehill back. Maybe, maybe something's going to change there. But now Traylon Burks, Robert Woods, he's going to be the wide receiver three on that team. So – I feel like playing the who I'm not going to get fooled again by Westbrook Hikini or anyone for the Titans. Uh, I know the next game was somewhat of a surprise, but probably made your heart happy. And that was the Detroit Lions went into Chicago and got the 31 to 30 win. Uh, The Lions now have won back-to-back games. Are they starting to figure it out? You know, they've always um, played really hard for Dan Campbell. He is a coach's coach. He gets the teams fired up. Um, but they're they're playing with a lack of talent on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, they got lucky, and they played a Bears team with a lack of talent on the defensive side of the ball. And honestly, I think Chicago should have won that game. And it's um, it's nice to see them get the win. But, I mean, six carries for six yards for DeAndre Swift. I mean, he was being drafted at the back end of the uh, uh, first round. And I agree with Gator. They're pissing away the 101. It's – it's, you know, 
on one hand, I agree they're pissing away the 101. On the other hand, defense is really their issue. They've got weapons all across the offense, and they've got a really good offensive line. So Jared Goff, given that premise, we've seen him take take a team to the Super Bowl in just that scenario, uh, a team that was helped to be built by one Brad Holmes, the, the Lions GM. That being said, I mean, I would love to see, you know, C.J. Stroud in Detroit behind that line. But, uh, you know, Jamal Williams is the RB1 in Detroit, and they the passes all run through Amon Ra St. Brown. So uh, I'm going to – I'm along for the ride because I'm a fan. I don't have high expectations for them. I thought they were going to be somewhat frisky this season, so it's been nice to see. And we haven't even gotten to see Jameson Williams yet. I would like to see him in that offense. I personally think Detroit would be better off using a high pick uh, elsewhere other than quarterback at this point in time because Goff's far from their only problem or the biggest problem. Uh, on the flip side, Cole Komet, another decent game, catches four passes, 74 yards, and another two touchdowns. He seems to be heating up as Justin Fields is heating up. Do you like him going forward this season? Yeah, I still, you know, he still has a tendency to battle the ball when he's catching it. Uh, but he's tight end 12 on the season and tight end two over the last five games. Uh, but he's developed a really, really good chemistry with Justin Fields. Fields, for all of his rushing exploits, likes to throw the ball. He doesn't want to run um, if he doesn't have to. And because Chicago's got a piss-poor offensive line, when he gets pressure and has to, to roll out and get away from it, uh, Komet is doing a really good job of adjusting and getting to places where Fields can find him and make a throw. And he's converting him. I think he's got, what, five touchdowns? in the last three games. So, you know, I don't think that is sustainable. So he's going to have to start to um, hopefully build the trust with Fields as far as getting the targets because he's going to have a stretch where he goes four, five, six games without scoring a touchdown. And when, when he gets there, can he get six, seven catches, you know, 60, 70 yards? That's going to be the real question. But as of right now, I mean, you got him, you play him, you're riding with him. On to a game we didn't think was going to be that great that actually ended up a little closer than expected. The Chiefs getting a 27-17 to win over the Jaguars. Dennis, for the Jags, we already know Christian Kirk's been their main guy, but usually we talk about Marvin Jones. It seems like it's another Jones, Zay Jones, who's uh, been involved a lot lately. He had eight catches for 68 again yesterday. He's been putting up flex-worthy numbers. Are you buying in? So I've ever shared with you, what a visionary I am <laughs> back in, in the rookie draft. When Zay Jones came out, I was drafting at the one eleven, and I didn't like any of the prospects and I didn't want to reach Zay Jones was who I wanted. And I knew I could get him in the second round. So I drafted Alvin Kamara at the one eleven, and proceeded to turn around and trade him to the guy at two Oh one, um, who was a Tennessee fan for the 201 and the 209 because I also like Marlon Mack and I proceeded to draft Zay Jones and Marlon Mack. 
So I was about five years early on Zay Jones, it seems. Um, he's since long We're just going to gloss over that Marlon Mack part? Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, Achilles injuries are bad. Um, but Zay Jones, you know, it's, it's wild because I he's bigger than I remember him being. I, I went and looked. He's, he's another one of these guys that's 6'2", 200 pounds. And so, you know, he's he's a good third option on a team. He's got some upside. He he's stuck in the league and he's carving out a role for him. I think he's gonna be a guy that ends up, you know, putting up a 80 catch season. He's he's gonna be a guy that, you know, is in that 50 catch range. So he's a flex play is where you consider him. Um Next year with Ridley, I think Marvin Jones is on the way out. Um, Ridley coming in, Christian Kirk. I think it's, he's going to make for a real nice third option there in Jacksonville. Uh, I don't remember if he signed for two years or not. But if not, if I'm looking at signing Marvin or Zay, I'm going to sign Zay. But, you know, he's a, he's a flex guy with wide receiver two upside. Yeah, I think he did sign a multi-year contract. I forgot they traded for Calvin Ridley. I actually forgot Calvin Ridley's still an NFL player at this point in time. Uh, on the flip side, the Chiefs' backfield just continues to be a giant question mark. But Isaiah Pacheco, 16 carries for 82 yards, led the way. Uh, you know, McKinnon, Burton got carries. Kadarius Tony got carries. No CEH carries yesterday. Is Pacheco the guy you want going forward? Well, this is the the perfect type of game for what CEA or what Pacheco does. Um, they get ahead and they want to grind the clock some. They're still going to throw the ball, but Kansas City got up by up by twenty um, into the second quarter, and after that, it was just shorten the clock, run Isaiah Pacheco. He had sixteen carries, eighty-two yards, a very serviceable day. Um, no targets, which is kind of par for the course for Pacheco. Um, I, I think he's moved into the RB1 role in Kansas City. But McKinnon probably has more upside with the passing game. And CEH is now just a handcuff to both of those guys pretty much. <clears throat> Yeah, I mean, it certainly seems to be tracking that way. I saw this this tweet that the last three games for Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, 29% of the offensive snaps in week seven, six touches. Week nine, 15% of the snaps, five touches. This week, only 6% of the snaps and zero touches. So, Yeah, up until like this it. week, you know, the, the low snap count was concerning, but when he was in there, he was getting the ball. Yeah. And this week, when he was in there, he wasn't getting the ball. On to another uh, game that was a little lopsided. The Miami Dolphins win 39-17 to over the Cleveland Browns. Dennis, I, I had wondered if Harrison Bryant would be of interest uh, with no David Njoku, and he caught three passes for 15 yards and a touchdown. What do you think of Harrison Bryant's prospects going forward this season and beyond? You know, Bryant is a really talented tight end. He's athletic, um, was probably the best pass-catching tight end coming out uh, his rookie year. Um, and he's starting to settle into the NFL. He's he's sort of 
falling into that more traditional tight end development uh, process in the NFL. It's taken him a couple of years. He's got to get comfortable blocking NFL players, put on a little more muscle. Uh, I like him. He's he's. I don't think he's going to surpass Njoku. <clears throat> uh, when he comes back, I think he'll slide back in to the tight end one spot, and the, Bryant will be the two. I like Bryant as a prospect, um, and Stefanski likes to run two tight ends, but I think it's going to be more uh, Njoku getting more of the the offensive volume, um, even if Harrison Bryant is out there at a fairly high snap rate. Yeah, I agree. I don't know if I can trust the consistency of targets. Uh, you know, Gator with the comment about the last KC backfield seems to be what we thought San Francisco, New England, Miami were going to be at the beginning of the season. You know what? San Francisco, New England, Miami might still be some of those shares. They're just more productive yeah, shares. Yeah, that was my thought exactly. Speaking of Miami, they get the win. They're now 7-3. and three. If the playoffs started today, they would be the number one seed. Oh, wait. They would be the number one the division winner in the AFC East and the number two seed, I believe behind Kansas city. What do we think of Miami serious contenders? Uh, I think so. Um, you know, since Tua has come into the league, his, his most often been comp to uh, Drew Brees. You know, it's been like, he doesn't have a great arm and you know he'll get he'll get the deep ball on on a reasonable basis, but he's super accurate. He gets the ball out quick, and and so he often has been. The comments are, and, and I, I'm of of that mind that Drew Brees is his ceiling, but he's got weapons now that just make everything work with that offense, and when that offense clicks. I mean, even hell, Trent Sherfield is every bit as viable as uh, maybe more so than Nick Westbrook-Akini because that, that Dolphins passing attack is just so much higher volume. Uh, I, I think that Tua is, is a guy that, as long as he keeps it up, he needs to play better against better teams um, and stay healthy. But if he does, I think he's they're well on their way to making a – making a playoff run and their running game is nothing to sneeze at with Mostert and William Wilson. As long as uh, they both stay healthy, you know, they've got, they've got a great shot. Yeah. I like what the dolphins are doing. I mean, they, they actually have a win over the bills this year uh, and they have a win over the Ravens. So some good things potentially for them on to the next game, the New York giants getting the 24 to 16 win over the Houston Texans. Dennis, the Texans are sliding down into that elusive number one pick slot in the draft right now. Davis Mills had a great year last year, threw for over 300 yards this week. How are you feeling about Davis Mills? If Houston ends up at the 101 or 102, should they move on? You know, Davis Mills is a quarterback I stick in the same vein as Jared Goff. Give him great weapons, give him a great offensive line, and he's not going to hurt you, but he's not going to put the team on his, on his back and carry it to victory. He'll play well, um, 
given the right circumstances. But yeah, he had over 300 yards, but he only threw for one touchdown. Now, some of that you could say is Nico Collins hasn't been consistent. Brandon Cooks hasn't had his typical year. Uh, you know, and the other guys there, Chris Moore, Philip Dorsett, are a who's who of who. So it, it's it's not like he's surrounded with weapons. And frankly, I don't think that team wants to win this year. They want to, they want the first pick. They're they're gonna go out and they're they got the team playing hard, but they've built it in such a manner that it's so undermanned um, that even if they play hard uh, and people walk away going, man, they're 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 buying in, they're giving it their all. Well, you know, they're still gonna be buying for that one on one. And if they do, I think, you know, bringing in Bryce Young isn't a bad thing for them. On the flip side for the Giants, we've been trying to find any kind of wide receiver uh, stability there. Last couple of weeks, Darius Slayton has seemed to revitalize that connection with Daniel Jones yesterday, caught three passes for 95 and a touchdown. Are you starting to buy in as maybe, he, you know, the trade deadlines come and gone, so they they got what they got. Uh, could Slayton be the guy? Uh, he could be. The trouble is that in a game like this with Houston, you know, he led the way with just four targets, caught three of them, had the long touchdown. <laughs> you know, they they were running the ball with Barkley and Jones. That was the, you know, Houston cannot stop the run. I like Slayton. Slayton has a bit of MVS to his game, a little bit of that Christian Watson. He's going to get deep on you a couple times a game. He's going to be wide open. Whether he catches it or not, when you put it right on him, whole ball of wax. You got who knows what the heck's going to happen when it gets out there. He catches plenty of them, but he drops drops them too. Uh, I like Slayton. I think there's a place for, for him. Um, I don't think he's got what it takes to be the number one, and he's not a slot guy. So he's that field stretcher that gets by on low volume and big yardage. And, and the way this team sits right now, he may have to play over his head, and so he'll get additional opportunities. But going into next year as this team improves, I think he's going to be that four-target guy. Yeah, we'll have to see. I mean, the Giants actually look like they could be a playoff team still. So. Uh, on to another surprising game. The Pittsburgh Steelers get the 20-10 to 10 win over the New Orleans Saints. Dennis, the Saints looked frisky for there for a little while with Andy Dalton, but they are now 3-7. and seven. Is their run pretty much done in 2022? Yeah, I think so. I, I, they need to uh, go with the ATL method and put all their dead cap into next year, let Dennis Allen ride it out, <clears throat> maybe keep him, maybe not. But they've spent what seems like 20 years manipulating the cap. And, you know, each year they push a little bit down the road. And it's like 20 years of pushing a little bit down the road is finally added up. And and they've got some nice weapons with Olave. I like Juwan Johnson a lot. Um, That uh, uh, Rahid Shahid. Um, seems like a, a nice weapon. Deontay Hardy was a was a guy that provided some spark. You know, 
their offensive line is is hit or miss, and they've battled a lot of injuries. Lots of veterans on their defense, and and age is starting <clears throat> to catch up with them over there. So, I, I I think that I think the run has come to an end. I, that being said, I, I'm okay if they keep their coaching staff intact while they try to um, get rid of all of this uh, uh, dead cap they're going to have to eat. Yeah, and it will be interesting. It sounds like Dennis Allen already had a um, meeting with uh, with Mickey Loomis, the owner, this week, see what comes of that. I'll be curious to see if they go back to Jameis Winston to see what he does for them as well. On the flip side, you know, Chase Claypool is gone. Uh, George Pickens, their, their top pick, uh, they've been trying to find creative ways to get him involved. He had three receptions for 32, uh, carried the ball twice for 23 yards and a touchdown. It's just him and Deontay Johnson and Pat Fryermuth now. How are you feeling about Pickens in this new offensive look? You know, I'd like, I'd like to see him get targeted a little more consistently. Uh, he's, his high target, I think, is seven or eight targets. I think eight is as high. He's hit that a couple times. I, I want to see him get seven to nine targets on a consistent basis, and let's see what he can do with that. Deontay Johnson, the same thing. They need to get targets. What Pickett was, what, 16 for 30 yesterday? You know, that that's not great, Bob. Um, and so I, I I don't, you know, I think Pickett, Pickett, Seems like he might be falling into that uh, Davis Mills, Jared Goff kind of territory. We'll see what what year two takes growth takes off for him. Um, but I really like Pickett's talent or Pickens' talent. And with Fryermuth, Pickens, Deontay Johnson, uh, Najee Harris, and Jalen Warren, they've got skill positions. They're going to need to address some defensive depth and their offensive line in the draft in the offseason. Yeah, Kenny Pickett probably has a, a little bit of work to do. On the flip side, the the Jeff Saturday-led Colts came out and got a win for their new head coach, 25-20 to 20 over the Raiders. And you know what? They put Matt Ryan back there, and he looked like the Matt Ryan they traded for. They remembered that Jonathan Taylor is their best player and gave him 22 carries, and good things happened. The Colts are 4-5-1. and one. They aren't totally out of this playoff race. Based on what you saw, do you think they can get back in there with a little bit better leadership? I think I think it's possible. I mean, if they do, it's going to be on the back of Jonathan Taylor. He's the guy that you know he needs to stay healthy. But if they if they're running the ball with Taylor like he did yesterday, and allowing uh, Matt Ryan to be able to take some shots, uh, you know. Definitely want to see Michael Pittman Jr. get a few more of those shots uh, over Paris Campbell based on my roster ship. Um, but as a Buckeye, I love to see Campbell uh, out there doing good things. It's it's going to be iffy because their offensive line isn't as good as it was. They were fortunate that they were playing the Raiders, and the Raiders' defense isn't, you know, great. So when they play good teams, they're going to need to to step up. It'll be interesting to see as they go forward how Jeff Saturday approaches it uh, on a week-to-week basis 
and will his inexperience and this play caller's inexperience shine through against you know mid-level or even good teams yeah and that's the thing i you know i thought going into the season it was going to take at least 10 wins to get into the afc playoffs i still think it is four five and one they basically have to go six and one down the stretch and even if they caught tennessee getting swept puts them behind the eight ball it feels a lot like the situation they were in last year on the flip side the raiders are two and seven and they look lost I know uh, teams are generally loath to fire coaches after just one year, but what do you think is the future for Josh McDaniels? I, I, I know you want to pin this year on Josh McDaniels, but if I'm Josh McDaniels, I'm talking to Mark Davis and saying, look, I'm clearing out all the dead weight from this previous regime they're spending first round draft picks on fourth round players and I'm having to get rid of all this and it's left the cupboard bare. Yes, it's great. We went and got Devonte Adams, but you know, Josh Jacobs is going to be a free agent. Uh, Darren Waller has been injured. <clears throat> Some of these defensive guys haven't worked out. <clears throat> so I think Jacobs is fine. He's going to be stable for the, the rest of the year. <clears throat> Sorry, I had a little frog in my throat. Um, I think he'll go into next year and be allowed to put a little more of a stamp on this team via free agency and the draft. Um, whether that works out, a whole nother question. But if they decide to go one and done with him, uh, you know, I'm not going to be super surprised about that either. But I think he's fine. Yeah, I mean, in general, it's kind of hard to see what a coach, but I I don't really like what he's done as a coach. But more importantly, uh, it seems like he's starting to lose the locker room. You've had Devontae Adams and Derek Carr come out and say some things that, you know, if it's me, I would be worried. And I know that a lot of Raiders fans are really unhappy with where they went. I think – the team played above itself last year in, in qualifying for the playoffs. They probably weren't quite as good as, as their record last year, but they have taken a pretty meteoric fall from where we thought they might be. Speaking of meteoric falls, thank you, Dallas Cowboys. Every time I start to believe in you, the Packers get the 31-28 to win. Dennis, the Cowboys' offense played pretty well, but their defense had been really lights out throughout this season, and the Packers' offense hadn't been able to do anything until yesterday. Is this a worrying sign for Dallas as contenders? Well, you know, sometimes you just meet a team that puts their best effort together, and and it gets you. You know, they didn't. Dallas didn't get to the quarterback with that one sack yesterday, two sacks yesterday. Um, and Rodgers was able to get Watson converting the plays. You know, I, it, I shudder to think what Watson's season would look like if he had caught that pass on opening day. But he came out yesterday and he, he played great. He did what he needed to do. Um, <clears throat> I think that <clears throat> Dallas um, has a good team, but they've got a shitty coach. I like how some people said uh, Mike McCarthy finally uh, did something to help the Packers win. Right. 
Uh, you know, you mentioned Watson, four catches, 107 yards, three touchdowns. Is this a sign of things to come as we close out the season? I, I think he's going to get the opportunity. Um, but, you know, this this was a game where they rode Aaron Jones, 24 carries, 136 yards, and A.J. Dillon, 13 carries. <clears throat> Rodgers threw the ball 20 times. I don't know if this is a quote-unquote new formula, <clears throat> but uh, Watson had eight targets, nobody else over four. Um, it, it, You know, sometimes everything works for you and you get the win. It's almost like they realized if they ran the ball with Aaron Jones, good things might happen. Yeah, no squat. Uh, battle of the bottom half of the NFC West draw turned out the Cardinals way as they had the 27 to 17 win over the Rams in a battle of backup quarterbacks. Dennis, 21 carries, 69 yards, two touchdowns for James Conner, caught three passes today. The Cardinals also released Eno Benjamin. Is this a sign of things to come for Conner? Is he healthy and getting back to the back we saw last year? You know, it could be a sign that you know Daryl Hender uh, Daryl Williams and Jonathan Ward are maybe getting a little healthier um, that they felt like Ingram had passed Benjamin on the depth chart and they've got a couple deeper guys that they like better. Um, Connor 21 carries 69 yards not great but he did punch in the two touchdowns. He caught all three of his targets <clears throat> the you know, I'm more more wondering: is there a uh, is there a quarterback controversy now with uh, Kyler Murray and Colt McCoy? Yeah, uh, that's all Kingsbury needs. Yeah, no, there's not. For the record, those people that want to cut this and post it, <clears throat> um, you know, that Brown's getting ready to come back. They got Hopkins, Rondale Moore. So uh, aside from losing Zach Ertz for the season with the knee injury. You know, now it's going to fall on Trey McBride, and will he be able to step up? But I think with Brown coming back, I don't think McBride is going to have to shoulder the load very much. He's going to be, you know, the fourth option behind Moore and maybe maybe even fifth behind uh, Hopkins, Brown, Moore, and A.J. Green. On the flip side, the Rams are now 3-6. and six. Cooper Cup leaving with an injury. We'll have to see about his status. I haven't seen updates today. Are the Rams out, done as a contender in 2022? I mean, I think I think so. Based on the – I mean, Stafford was playing like shit. And they don't have a running game. They're disgruntled in the locker room, Cam Akers and all of his stuff. Uh, you know, and then they come out yesterday and they're doing this two-quarterback stuff with Bryce Perkins and, and John Wolford. Uh, now they're going to be without Cup for anywhere from two to four weeks, something like that. We'll see what happens with Allen Robinson. He, he's going to have an opportunity to step up here, but then you get Van Jefferson back, and wouldn't surprise me a bit if – Van Jefferson steps over Allen Robinson and is the one for a few weeks. Uh, you know, the Rams struggle because of their offensive line. And you just, you've got to be able to solve that problem. 
Um, I I said this was going to be a loser leaves the playoff race matchup on Friday, and I I do believe that. I just, the Rams now last place in our own division, even for as wide open as the NFC is, I think it's getting to be too tall in order. All the L.A. teams seem to be struggling. Uh, the Sunday night game, the Chargers went to San Francisco and lost 22-16. to Did the Chargers just need a weapon or two to come back in the passing game? Is that what's going on here? Yeah, I think so. Uh, it when, when you lose Keenan Allen and Mike Williams for as long as they have, it takes away some of the balance from the team. Now, they've had some other issues. You know, they lost Joey Bosa on the defensive side, and you know they, they've got some other injuries around. Um, you know, Brandon Staley did say that he expects Allen and Mike Williams back at practice this week, uh, but then they got let's see. Uh, also, Gerald Everett has a groin injury, and he's day to day. They put Parham on IR, so if Everett is out, that then the tight end falls on Trey McKitty. <clears throat> Um, Isaiah Spiller, it seemed like for all the uh, all the accolades we put on him in, in the draft process and we've been waiting for him to come back and you know take that second running back role from Joshua Kelly and Larry Roundtree and uh, Sony Michelle. Uh, he seemed to run into people a lot. It, it wasn't uh, necessarily a, a great performance for Spiller. So it was Trent Richardson-esque. Yeah. <clears throat> he fit right in with the other guys they brought in to be that second guy. Uh, I I think once they – if they can get healthy, that'll help them. Will it give them enough time to be able to make a deep run? I don't know. But you know, what, Spiller, four carries for three yards. Mm. I mean, they just have no no weapons, and I think it's killing Austin Eckler too because he's the, he's basically the only one they're keying on him for everything. On the flip side, the 49ers now are five and four, kind of surging up there. They, of course, did all fantasy players a great favor by giving 18 carries to Elijah Mitchell in his return for 89 yards, while they gave only 14 carries to Christian McCaffrey. So you're welcome, America. Uh, but the 49ers, you know, they, they seemingly have a loaded roster. They pushed a lot of chips in on 2022. Are they pretty serious contenders for you? Yeah, I mean, their defense is phenomenal. So having that great defense and then Jimmy Garoppolo, he's, you know, he's a step above the Jared Goffs, the Davis Mills, but he's not that uh, – he, he's not a superstar quarterback. But, I mean, they've got Brandon Ayuk, Debo Samuel, CMC, George Kittle – Elijah Mitchell, as long as the offensive line holds up for them, um, they're going to be in good shape to be able to make a run. Uh, I, I like the weapons. And, you know, you, you don't want to see uh, Elijah Mitchell out carrying CMC 18 to 14. But if they're going to run the ball, what is that, 32 times, uh, 36 times counting Debo Samuel, you probably don't want CMC carrying the ball 25 times either. We, we've seen him break down the last couple of years. So it makes sense that they're going to take a back that's as talented as Mitchell and give him some opportunities to do some things. And he delivered yesterday. Yeah, they, they said going forward the goal is to 
to have a pretty even split on uh, backfield carries for uh, Mitchell and CMC, which I thought seemed a little weird. But well, I could see him, you know, splitting the carries pretty evenly, but targeting CMC much heavier. Yeah, we'll see. I the 49ers definitely have the pieces in place to be a contender. Well, that wraps up the rest of week 10. Uh, we have one game left, and that is the Commanders and the Eagles, which should be kicking off relatively soon. I picked the Eagles, I know. I think you did too. Let's see. My picks this week haven't been uh, that great, so I'm I'm starting to get nervous. For, uh, for <laughs> Me too. Me too. Yeah, it was a clean sweep for us on the Eagles. So. The, the Maya 72 Dolphins are pretty happy about that pick we made right now. Right, right. Yeah, I, I need. I've got a couple games. I need some big points out of out of Hertz and Miles Sanders. So, yeah, well, there's a couple options at least if you need a Monday Night Miracle. Some of these Monday Night games, it's been like, oh, we need the Monday Night Miracle. Oh, these teams are not going to provide it. Right. Uh, but we we shall see. Matt and I should be back on Wednesday looking at this game and looking ahead to the Thursday night game, which, if I recall, actually had some decent uh, potential in the matchup. Titans and Packers. Well, it has potential anyway. Dennis, they're they're evenly matched. Let's say that. For all the non-Eagles fans out there who might have some time on their hands tonight, what should they do? They should give us a follow on Twitter at uh, the Roundtable FF. Go rate and review. Download, subscribe. Give us a, a, a follow. Let's see. Sorry, I'm a little little bit uh, off kilter with my cold medicine, but definitely rate, review, download. Look, I'm I'm just saying on Sunday, both Josh McDaniels and Nathaniel Hackett come to the sideline with all of their things in one of those bankers boxes. And whichever team prepare for glory. I don't know if you got your pop on there.